We want better schools. We want them now. Stand in our way, and you'll catch these eight black hands with Ankrum, Cole, El Mecky, and Stewart. Join us now for an hour or more of talk on education and culture. All right, folks, welcome to another episode of the Eight Black Hands podcast. Uh, feeling super blessed to be here tonight. Fellas, how y'all doing? Let's check in. Doing well, man. It's good to be here. You know, uh, what's this number? I lost count. I'm just having fun. I'm just enjoying 67. That's fantastic. 67, something like that. Nah, 67, yeah. 67. Well, that's dope. You know, we, you know, I, I always reflect on how this started and us just talking and, and, you know, for it to be, you know, uh, marching towards, uh, you know, a 70 is, I feel a real blessing and I'm grateful to, you know, be a part of this brotherhood. Yeah. So. That's what's up. Happy Father's uh, Day know, and happy Father know. Figure Day yeah, happy, to everybody happy, out there. Happy, happy Father's Day to y'all. Um, I'm not one of them people that need, like, I don't like that. I don't like when people are like, oh, well, you take care of a lot of young people and help out. No, no, no. I am not a father. I do not want that. And I think there are real dads out there. Future fathers no, 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 no. be dead. No, 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 no. We're not going to do that either. That's no, not that. No. <laughs> not gonna, I'm not, I'm not, I don't need that. I don't, I don't want to say do put it in the air. You always tell me something like speak it to, what'd you say? Speak it to existence, speak put it, to, it out there. Yeah, speak it to existence for things that I want. Need, bro. I don't want. <laughs> yo, 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 it's funny because I like, I knew this was going to happen. Like I knew this was going to turn into yeah. a segment of Charles not wanting to be a dad. And yeah, so, yeah, man, like our, Sarah, Sarah sent out a beautiful message to the eight black hands. It was so beautiful. And she was like, to all the fathers and she tagged me and I said, Sarah, I love you to death, but uh, do not, don't tag me on that. I don't, I don't need that. I don't want that. But y'all are amazing fathers. And uh, it's been a week though, man. I think, I think, you know, it's been a lot of stuff happening and I think that it's having a toll on just all of us in, in more ways than one. So I just hope everybody's taking care of themselves. Um, I'm back in Oakland and I'm glad to not to check in on some people. Um, and, and, and that was cool. So I think I'm getting an echo from somebody real quick, but, um, but I, I, I'm good and I'm happy to be here and, uh, yeah, man. And it, it's good to see you brothers. Chris, how you doing? Chris. I think oh. he can't hear us yet. So you oh, go, you, you go ahead, Ray, until Chris get, get, get cool and we can hear it. I'm doing well, man. You know, every day is a struggle, but yo, we we here, man. We 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 fighting every day for the for the same things that uh, we need to be fighting for. So just <clears throat> blessed to be able to to do that and have the opportunity to do that. So yeah, we out here. Yeah. So, and Ray, I just I just changed it to minimal because it was a few viewers that was saying uh, our messages be cutting off your faces. So I got you. I heard y'all. It's fine. Uh, <laughs> I got you, bro. Um, we got some folks telling y'all Happy Father's Day from Lucy and Nicole and Toya. Uh, Appreciate it. Toya, how, brother? How? <laughs> What's there up? you go, uh, Chris. Can you hear us now? We was talking to you, so can you hear us now? I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yeah, we can hear you, brother. We can hear you. Yeah. So, yeah. How you doing, Chris? We just checking in. I'm good, man. I'm listening to you know the 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 Charles running from dadhood, running from fatherhood. I'm just you know, running from. Rick. 
It's a recurring theme. It's almost like it's a disease. It's like the Rona chasing him. It's the Rona chasing him down the street. Yeah, he just he running from it. He's like the six million dollar man out this joint. <laughs> he surely is. And he become a daddy, he'd be like the eight dollar man. So that's probably why he's running for it. That's why exactly. he's running from it. <laughs> exactly why. So I'm happy Father's Day to y'all. Y'all are amazing fathers. And I appreciate I love you. Videos. And at some point, Chris, I want to. I want to get some shots up with your son. I see he's taking more and more pictures with uh, with the ball. And I see that somebody got some hue lights behind him. Somebody got some lights behind him that always got smoke for my lights. But <laughs> what are you talking about, man? I don't know. I don't know what you're talking oh, yeah, about. Right. Yeah, yeah. Purple see, rain. They, they, they hate on you because they won't. Yeah, he got purple it. rain. I know where it came from. <laughs> I do not know what you're talking about. <laughs> Nothing at all, huh? Yeah. Got you. trying to stay off that Wish app. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Yo, so, so, so real quick, real quick, audience warm up. So Colin Kaepernick uh, just got a space in the Afram Museum in D.C. And so the question is, you know, do we think that Cap is going to be better suited in the Afram Museum or would he be better suited as being a pro football Hall of Famer? Because, you know, that was taken away from him. So what are y'all's thoughts? Um, I can start there. I think, I, I mean, I don't think there's nothing really stopping him from being in both. Uh, I know he's getting worked out by San Diego right now. I mean, look, if that's what he wants to do, I'm happy for him. I personally think that it's kind of more impactful if he actually doesn't end up playing again because it's hard to be away from something for three years and come back. And if he starts again and plays poorly or doesn't play at all, then I feel like it might take attention away from his cause. But look, I ain't never stopping nobody's money and he got to live too. Um, but I think that he can actually be in both. The, I think he deserves his spot in the African-American Museum. And if I don't I mean, even before this, I don't he wasn't necessarily on his way to the NFL, like mm-hmm. Hall of Fame. So I don't want to conflate things. Uh, any, and there's a lot of people that don't watch football and know football as much. And they just want to, you know, so. I don't want to get into a, a, a silly argument with them, but yeah. <laughs> I, I, I never saw that being his like trajectory at any point. Well, so I so I'm I'm gonna disagree with you there. I wouldn't say at any point because like when he was at the pinnacle, like when they went to the Super Bowl, I felt like really great things were happening from for him, and I felt like he kind of transformed some things as being a running QB and a throwing QB. Yeah, and then he lost the starting job, bro. He lost he his lost- starting job. Oh, he lost his starting yeah. job because he had yeah. he had he, he had an injury that he had a, a arm injury. So he, of course, look, but he's just, a good football player, but he was never an elite quarterback. Like he like let's like I don't want to conflict. Look, like that's, this is what I'm saying. Just, see, this is why I kind of don't want him to come back and play because <laughs> like because if we have the conversation, y'all nerds. Listen, I <laughs> want him to be, and he should get a Nobel Peace Prize. That's what you know what I mean. Yeah, Put him go. in the Afam Museum. And Nobel Peace Prize, and you know, and 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 uh, Goodell could put a sock in it for his little corny um, apology that doesn't even mention the person that he ostracized, you know, um, at that level. Okay. Or attempted to ostracize because you know he was definitely embraced by you know by his peeps. Yeah. Us out Chris, here. What do you think? I agree with Charles, man. I mean, like, listen, it's risky if he comes back at all. Like, you know, we've been pining for him to get a job again. Like that's been part of the social justice kind of crusade has been to get to do back on the field privately by myself. I've been a little bit worried about if that were to happen and we were to win and he were to do that. Like, let's say I, Charles, I didn't know he was getting tried out in, in San Diego. I thought yeah, I we were safe. 
Yeah, I thought we were safe in that. Nobody was trying him out, so we could just bitch about it. But like, if somebody gives him, somebody give him a shot out there, and that joke could go out there and fold like a damn book. Um, <laughs> then we, then all social justice is going to be out there. See, we told y'all, right, we told right. y'all he wasn't. You know, well, there ain't no racism. He, he a bum, right? And, and, and Chris, can I tag that with you? And I, yeah, I just want to say, Chris, agree on that. Neither one, like neither one of us are rooting for him to not play well. Like if he gets in right. there, I want to see him do a good job. I want to see him be happy. Whatever he wants to do, I support. Right. Mm-hmm. If you're asking me objectively about football, like it was fine. I think until you brought like Hall of Fame in because that kind of took me off. But <laughs> I do. If he comes back, I want him to have a good go at it. And and because I don't want people to turn what me and Chris said into saying like we don't want him to succeed. Y'all, to y'all sound like haters from from see, this East Coast That's how I started. This East Coast side. Y'all sound like I y'all hating on great. my mans and them. I no, listen, three great. years is a long time. You know, Muhammad Ali said it. Other athletes said it. Like three years is a really long time in that that level of of sports and athleticism. But you know, I agree with you. Whatever he Whatever. does, you know, um, all power to him. And you know, I wish him the the best. You know, but most importantly, his voice um, and his platform, I deeply appreciate it. And just his steadfastness. It would have been easy to fold a long time ago. Mm-hmm. And he chose not to. So I appreciate that. Some of these comments, boy, I think I'm going to take Chris's advice. You know, Chris is like, we probably shouldn't do comments all throughout the show. Some of these comments is crazy. Uh, El right, Michelle so, Johnson, so, I love you to death. I'm not posting that shit. Uh, go ahead. <laughs> so, 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 why don't this you put that on this thing? Oh, my well, God. No, um, so, 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 so just just in case you don't do it. Uh, uh, Michelle Johnson is offering matchmaking skills. She's the the. It's like it's it's Blender. It's like the the black version of Tinder on our comments right now. So she's wanting to know if she could swipe you left or right for some friends, right? So she knows. Uh, I guess. Um, future, future Dr. Johnson. I'm single, but I think I I may be emotionally unavailable. So don't don't waste your time on that. We're gonna keep moving on to the actual topics of the show. That's mm-hmm. not my personal life. Okay. When my aunt loves flexibility, you know, when somebody tells you who they are, you know, like listen hey, to them. I'm telling you. I put it up oh. though. I did it. I put it up. <laughs> Ray, can you can you host, please? Can you get us on topic, Ray? Kind of weird though, bro. Kind of weird. <laughs> right, you don't so. want no girlfriend. <laughs> What? See, we so, I ain't even say all that, bro. I just said I didn't want no girlfriend. Just yeah. I don't know what's up with that. And just, yeah, I don't know what kind of injury you on today, but I'm not on I don't either, so, right? I'm just ready to move on. Don't want, so no, cheering, don't want no cheering, no, no girlfriend. No. I definitely don't want no kids. I don't girl, want girlfriend no kids. is incredible, but uh, one day, man, maybe one day. Whatever answer right. I need to give y'all for y'all to leave me alone, that's the <laughs> answer. <laughs> you, as soon as you said you're not emotionally ready, I respect that. When, yeah. when you're oh. when you're feeling whole, uh, you know I got nothing else to say. You said you are not there emotionally you ready. I, I don't not, want any anybody anybody oppressed in the relationship. You know what I'm saying so. I believe in healthy relationships. So, you know, this is this is why I come to this show and and and, and I got a two fist because of mm. shit like this. Like it's just like yo, it just it's crazy. Like yo, I just want to I I just want to move on with the show. Can we move on with the show? Why are you I making reasons? Why are you making reasons for drinking? I need a drink. I got a show. I need a drink. All right, so fellas, this year is different for being a dad, man. Like, really, very different this year. Is there anything y'all would like to share about um about uh 
the things that were different for y'all on Father's Day this year than it was in previous years? So I'll start. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So for me, man, I just wanted to hug my son, honestly, because, you know, with everything that's going on in society and like this constant attack towards black males and whatnot, yo, <laughs> to be able to see him, be able to converse with him, to be able to keep him safe, I think that that was... Um, Definitely a, a a big moment for me, and um, man, I just, I just, it, it's tough, man. I just, I'm just giving thanks for life, bro. Because like at any given time, like something could happen to to either one of us just for being black in these streets. And so, yeah, I'm just giving thanks right now. Yeah, I mean, I, I've been thinking a lot about just both mm-hmm. ends, you know, um, you know, both my sons. Um, and I told y'all last year's story when he was in high school, just riding a bike and cops pulled up on him. And I just, you know, anytime they're involved with our children and he's like such a like just an innocent, you know, like he wanted he wants to be a park ranger and just be out in the mountains. And you know what I mean? Like he's that type of kid, just always in the book, always. And they rolled up on him like, you know, like he was, you know, just somebody terrible and crazy. And it just demanding where you go and that kind of thing, where you're coming from, where's your dad, you know, all that kind of stuff. And he just took it like, no, but dad, don't be worried about it. I I told you, like I went around riding, looking for them because they had to explain to me why the hell they stopped my son that way. Um, Mm -hmm. But then I also been just talking to a lot of the Black Panther uh, Party Cubs, you know, the children of Black Panther parties and how many of them still have uh, fathers uh, locked up, you know, who are, almost damn near 80 years old, 40 something years in jail um, for pretty much saying the same damn thing that we're, you know, that sparked was sparked by George Floyd's uh, uh, brutal murder on the street is the same thing that they were uh, demanding to be stopped in the 60s. And and for that, you know, they were targeted, you know, Hoover said they're the the biggest threat. And so many of them are, are still in jail, man, for demanding what we're demanding today, 40 something years. So from both sides, you know, both, uh, you know, um, yeah. And it's been going on even before then. They were picking up the baton from other folks who had who had said it a generation before, man. So um, just continue to just be reflective and fired up at the same time. Yeah. Chris. I mean, to answer your question, it's not, not a lot that's different. It's just, I mean, we're in the middle of a pandemic and it's a little, it's getting old, it's getting tired. Um, a lot of things that, I mean, you know, uh, in a normal, in normal times, we might be out, we might be doing something a little, you know, uh, celebration, this, that, and the other. So that's what's different, I think, really, is is this year, you know, there's this sense of malaise, we're just... I mean, we're locked up. We're locked in. We're shut down. The world is uncertain. Things aren't happening the way that they normally would happen, you know. But you still have to like take the joy that you can have. I was happy to be home with my kids today. I was happy that my oldest came home and visited, you know. And and uh, you know, I'm able to look around. And I always wanted to be a dad. I always wanted to be a father. I always wanted to be exactly where I'm at with what I have. Like a many. I think men in the country, um, I don't know that I necessarily had the model for it. So I get to often like wonder not whether or not I'm good at it. 
whether I'm doing a good job because I have to like, you know, judge myself against some sort of archetype that I got from movies and TV shows and watching <laughs> other people and shit. Right. You know, Wait a minute, so, which one? Which, well, which one? Like, because most dads on TVs are portrayed as as buffoons and stuff. So, which, you know, you got, well, you know, you and got Homer, you got this, you got that. Like, we're, we're, who's the good dad in the media? This is true because one of them is in jail for rape. Right. So, not on this day, not during this time, we're not doing this. But just my point is, is that, like many men, I may not have had necessarily the the exact model for how to, like when I became a dad, to just do it. Like just to feel like it was innate or whatnot. So I have to second guess myself in question. But today is a happy day. Get to look around at all my kids and think they're spoiled. Um, they're middle class. They're all the things that I never thought I'd be, you know, and, and that they'd be. So I guess it's good. I will say y'all all have adorable kids. Y'all, y'all really do. Like I, I like Ray's daughter is a star of his family. I, like <laughs> she's so Sharish, Sharish, right. Sharish kids are all mini little Doctor Doolittles. They talk yeah. to animals. It's beautiful. <laughs> yeah, and, and, I love it. I, and, and Chris's kid, like, is starting to take on to my favorite thing. Listen, I love basketball more than I love anything else. I would leave this movement, like, if I like, if I had to choose between being able to keep, continue playing ball at the level and and, and doing this. So I love, I, I love, love seeing his kid like out there, like on a little court in the backyard, just kind of putting up shots. It that speaks to me. So. Y'all, y'all have adorable kids. I, I will say that. And uh, I don't know if you heard this, Chris. You might want to get in on this. Ray and Reef are planning to have their daughters do a, their own live stream. So um, oh, wow. if you want to get in on this cuteness, I mean, y'all just produced a bunch of cute little, you know, clones of yourself. That's what I see fatherhood as, clones. Uh, you might want to holler at them. That could be nice. You know, what's hilarious, too, is, you know, we, we in some different age ranges here. Right. With all of us. So my, my daughter is doing like a lot of the stuff like, you know, she tucks herself away in a room upstairs, does the TikTok stuff and all that, you know, and I'm of the age now where I'm like saying dumb shit like, you know, like, like <laughs> you doing them TikToks, you know, something like, you know, like, like what you do. And, you know, so I got the TikTok myself on the little phone separate from them so that they don't know that I'm like, you know, learning some stuff. And I didn't, so I'm, I, you know, I learned the like savage dance, you know, I'm a savage. <laughs> ドイツドイツドイツドイツドイツドイツドイツドイツドイツドイツドイツドイツドイツドイツドイツドイツドイツドイツドイツドイツドイツドイツドイツドイツドイツドイツドイツドイツドイツドイツドイツドイツドイツ
wide scale murder of our of our people. You know, um, I believe she was on a bus when she saw, you know, just just imagine just the public display of murdering people, you know, and when you look at uh, enslavement when they really tried to break somebody. You know, I've, I've read, uh, you know, narratives of some of the enslaved where they would talk about they would, uh, you know, draw and quarter um people publicly you know black men who were you know re- any form of resistance and they would do that in front of uh mothers and children and the rest of the rest of uh you know um the enslaved people to send a message uh about what could happen what would happen and i and i very much think that you know the whole the whole scene you know like just you know the charging the swat all of that is still to send a message um so that's what I think of when I when I hear that song or think about that that uh you know the scenario. It was it was uh state sanctioned then and it's state sanctioned now. That's what's up. Chris, move over to you. I mean, it's <laughs> it just never ends. It's like the mournful crying sounds of trying to put into words and put into art this sense that anything can happen to you at any given time. And you know, all these years later, there's a sense that you can jump in a car and go to Costco or you can run here and you can do that. You just be living your life. You could have completely forgot that that's the history of the United States, that that's like what has gone down in the world for years, you know, for decades, because you're just in, you're just in the rhythm of your life. Things are different now until they're not like until you have a cousin, a friend, uh, a homie, yourself. You have an interaction. Uh, my favorite, not favorite, but like the situation that will happen sometimes and not recently, but you know, in my, in my life has happened is you get into a situation, say for instance, you get stopped. Are you at a bar in the wrong, wrong place? Like you didn't drove to some small town and you, you know, you're in a bar and you don't know if you're about to have one of those situations or not. Like you could be thinking to yourself, am I tripping? You know, I'm about to have one of these situations that we know is possible and you get out of it. You come out the other end and it's kind of like, damn, I can't believe that I really like thought that I, I could have been five minutes away from having some really bad situation. Um, and that songs like that take you all the way back to that thinking all over again. That's what's up. Charles. Charles can't hear you, man. Can't hear you, Charles. I was I was saying, Chris, double check your mic. I was I was hearing some stuff. I don't know who it is from us, but it sounds like you might not be on your main mic. But um, yeah, I think for me, man, I listen, here's what I'll say, and I'm gonna censor myself because I've been I, I, I came back home this week and uh do y'all hear that? Y'all good? Okay. Well, um for me, I think that uh Listen, man, ain't no Negroes. Negroes might be killing themselves, but Negroes ain't hanging themselves in trees with nooses. Like, and and for them to have ruled so many of these as suicides, uh, I mean, it's just a problem for me. I think it's a it's a sad, it's a sad song. It's a beautiful song, um, and it's a song that was needed. Um, what I think we should do though, because uh, I think people are starting to tell us that they hear this as well. I'm gonna like. We should probably reload just one at a time so the show can keep going on. But um, but that's what I think of when I hear the, when I hear the song. You know what? This this some coin tail pro shit. That's not like Morse code from the FBI. Sharif, don't that sound like the FBI Morse code sound like? I know. Yeah, yeah, that's what that is, man. 
Now we can't hear you, Charles. See, it's going like, to pro for I sure. Know. They was like, we got y'all. We was like, mm-hmm. yeah, y'all, y'all talking, mm-hmm. y'all talking about the, the lynches now. Oh no, mm-hmm. we gotta start mm-hmm. acting up. Mm-hmm. It's he said, How you feel about strange fruit? And all of a sudden was like Ray, I think it was you, Ray, because it's went away for the moment. But if it if it comes back, then we'll all do what you just did. Nah, it's bad. <laughs> I'll go. I'll, I'll, I'll do it. Maybe it's me. I think it's Ray. <laughs> okay, let's stop now. Does anybody hear it now? Nope. Nope. It's Charles with all that like NASA project he got over there. He's got like four different bars he's he set into. Um, there he is. He's back. But do you have a pick in your hair? <laughs> Yo, I almost got my joint. I, yeah. I do. Please, you wear some tube please. socks. You got some tube socks on too. You know, <laughs> brother, they're not just regular tube socks, brother. You know what I'm saying? These is these these is uh. Oh, yeah, stop. I mean, but, but actually, Reef and I was supposed to be in solidarity with the with the fist. Yeah, I was gonna get mine, but I I didn't want to be late. So you know, he, he the one who brought it up and then left me hanging. But I'm gonna rock with it though. I got no, it. No, that's right. That's so, that's what's up. Because so I use Charles, I use a pick and then I use the sponge. So he just used a pick. Yes, sir. Real quick, man. Something happened in Oakland uh, with regards to you seeing a, a public uh, a noose in public. Talk to us about that. Yeah, man. And we, ain't, you know, y'all, y'all can y'all can deal with a little bit of static, man. It, it's all good. So, you know, I just left Lake Merritt. It's across the street from my house, actually, and um, and they found some nooses, and then they found a fake dead body, and somebody playing some real dumb games. And this is what I'll say. You play dumb games, you get dumb results. And don't think that Oakland has gentrified to the point where if people catch you doing that, they won't throw your ass in that lake. Um, it, it's, it's something that's extremely hurtful. Um, and I also think that people are so charged up when you when you take into account the racial time that we're in and also just COVID and people being stuck in the house and everybody just on edge, I really actually would feel bad for the person that they find doing it. And so Oakland's not the place to play those games. I think that um, Oakland has gotten considerably whiter, uh, but I did see a lot of black people at the lake today. Scary, scary thing is it was about 50-50 on who had masks and who didn't, y'all. We still in a we still in a pandemic and uh, and I'm going to get a new report on numbers probably this week from the hospital. Um, but uh, I'm really worried about what I see. But but to your point, Ray, somebody is playing games with putting nooses in Lake Merritt in Oakland, the home of the Panthers, uh, where you can walk down the street and you will still see, you know, I posted a picture of me and Elaine Brown, who's been a mentor of mine. But you will see like all those people, like they'll just be out there hanging out around the lake. Oakland's not the place to play those games. Reef, reefism time, baby. You up? Kick something. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> what are you talking about, man? It's time for you to drop some facts. Drop some yeah. history. Drop something about how you feel. It's reefism time. It, it's time for you to get off of auto tune, Ray. <laughs> something, something happening over there. <laughs> no, it's it's all good. No, man. I, look, I, I spent I spent the you know. A good part of the day with, you know, with my uh, with my fathers, you know, um, both my father and my stepfather, man, is just 
you know, it's, it's great to see them. I'm glad, you know, they're, you know, they're, they're around and able to support and, you know, and maybe seeing, seeing folks, seeing men uh, interact with their grandkids, man. You know, I, I just had always had fond memories of my grandfathers and, and to see, you know, my children, you know, um, do the same and I'm trying to keep up with them. And, you know, all of that is, is just fun. And I'm I just, uh, you know, I think the idea of just family is has always been really important to me. Um, just figuring out, as you know, you know, I've talked about this before. I have seven siblings, and so it's a whole lot of us. You know, we we deep, and you know, we were just cherishing the, cherishing the moments while you're in the struggle, while you're uh, doing this work. I in Philly, the John Teeth. They didn't call it June Teeth. You'll appreciate this. Uh, Right. It was John Teeth. Um, so we, we had a <laughs> had a nice, uh, you know, really, really nice, uh, you know, John out there uh, where, where folks were really just turned out. And, you know, at Malcolm X Park in, in West Philly and just appreciated everybody who, you know, um, who supported that and, and organized it. Black Lives Matter Philly um, and the RBG crew and everybody else who who did that. That was a really uh you know, just a great show of solidarity and support of each other. And I don't say like happy June 14th, but like really uh, somber and thoughtful and, and commemoration. That's so I uh, appreciate that. That's what's up. Yeah, that was, that was very thoughtful, man. I appreciate you. Um, so, fellas, let's jump right back in. <laughs> so in Georgia, man, Georgia, <laughs> the canceling standardized test for uh, 2021. What does that mean for black kids? <laughs> you got you got you got to call out and tell who you want to start, brother. Uh, whoever got for it, and I know who it is. So jump up, fella. <laughs> well, go ahead, Chris. You you want to put his thing up at the bottom? No, <laughs> no not yet, not yet, not yet. It's more stuff for him. Do your thing, I mean, Chris. I'm gonna mute myself. You know what I'm going to say. So why should I even have to say it? Like anybody who's watched this for any amount of time, anybody who's watched me on anything else, and then you all know you shouldn't even ask me this question. It's predictable what I'm going to say. Everybody wants to talk about, oh, standardized tests don't tell you everything. Standardized tests uh, don't measure all that a student learns. Standardized, standardized tests are biased against kids of color. Standardized tests were written by people who blah, 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 blah. Woo, 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 woo. That's all stupid, right? Because it's all just like stuff ginned up by the educational establishment and people in it who don't want to be held accountable for anything. So they don't want you to know what the actual numbers are. They don't want you to know where kids actually are. They don't want you to know, like, like, yeah, the test doesn't tell you everything. No test tells you everything. When you get on a scale in the morning, it doesn't tell you everything. It tells you something, right? You take a blood pressure test. It doesn't tell you everything. It doesn't tell you whether you smoke or not, but it tells you something. When you take the, you know, when you check kids, for low birth weight. It doesn't tell you everything about their life and what's going to happen with them. It does tell you something. And when the numbers are off between black and white, the regular students and, and special education students and students who are in magnet schools or whatever, those numbers tell you something. That an entire state is now telling you that they're not going to have any numbers for a full year. Like any like baseline numbers. I, 
I get the instinct to saying like, well, listen, we don't want kids to take the test right now because if the kids take the test right now, it's going to be skewed because they're going through some things. Absolutely. Got it. But in 2021 and 2022 and 2023, you're going to pay the price for having no baseline numbers throughout this time of knowing how kids are either falling back or going forward or doing well or not doing well, whether gaps are growing or expanding or contracting, whatever. You're going to pay the price for doing the social justice nonsense around, well, maybe just, no, 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 kids, take no tests this year, blah, 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 whatever. Maybe we should just not take any blood pressure tests this year. Maybe we shouldn't check any babies for low birth weight this year because, you know, people are going through some things and shit, you know. Maybe we shouldn't have any driver's exams. Maybe we should just give everybody a license because, you know, people are going through some shit right now, you know. Maybe we shouldn't do any type of testing, like, whatsoever, right? Like, maybe we shouldn't do audit tests on the rental market by sending out, you know, different couples because, you know, landlords are going through some shit right now, you know. Hey, whatever. Good job, Georgia. Good job on playing the social justice card to the point where it's going to actually have the opposite effect and opposite impact. And where you was already behind, already, you'll be even further behind. And no one's going to know exactly where the numbers fall because no standardized testing. That's it. Chris Stewart's bad take of the week. Call it whatever you want. That's what it is. Yo, I, yo, I can't wait to mark that shit up and market it. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, that was amazing. I can already hear what people are going to say. You know, I can hear it. You know, I know what they're going to say. Reef, you up next. I'm <laughs> muting myself. Uh, listen, I, you know, my, my here's, here's what I say. You know, when they say no uh, standardized assessment, what that means is they're going to be still a whole lot of non-standardized assessments that are happening. Um, there's very few uh, central, you know, like most of the time districts, district leaders, even principals, like don't necessarily know how many assessments are being given uh, to students all, you know, all day long, all week long. And often is being given as busy work, not used as, you know, to really see like, okay, are students learning? You know, the amount of people who don't know how to do assessments as they teach is is scary. Not the, the amount of people who give assessment at the end of the week, like on a Friday, and then Monday they're teaching without even looking at, you know, what was uh what was assessed. So my you know my concern overall is just assessments like, you know, like what is how are people using it? What are they doing? And if you're as many people as I hear about and I agree, like yes, standardized tests are not perfect. You know what's even more imperfect? The million of non-standardized tests that people are given all the time and it does nothing to move uh, move the needle, does nothing to inform instruction. So that's one piece. The other piece that I that I would love to hear more from states, some actually leadership, people who actually know about instruction is what are the interventions? You already know that there was a summer slide that you were already gearing for. Then there was a spring slide that Roe uh, unleashed on us. That's so right. we have two major, like uh, this ain't a, like a little backyard slide. This is one of those ones that's at the, you know, top of the mountain, some ski slope slide. What are the interventions that the states and districts, what are they doing? Because that I don't hear anything about that. People want to kind of get the, the clickbait and like, oh, yeah, you know, standardized test, that's right. We're not doing. What are the interventions? Because that in itself is going to tell me a lot about what you're doing to intervene and mitigate what Roro brought and what every damn summer brings to to our children. So, Cole, jump in. 
unmute yourself. Yeah, sorry about that. I'm a little surprised that it actually came from Georgia, uh, from a southern state. Um, that seemed more like a northern thing. I mean, I, I actually want to just start off by saying I think um, I actually get Chris's point. But Chris's point is made from somebody who is who understands education, assessment and the tie to performance and the ongoing argument between unions and parents and the overall community around accountability. I will say uh, so I'm going to offer another perspective for just the education pedestrian, the civilian of education. Um, there is a lot that's going on. And I think a way, a lot of ways that those folks are thinking, which I can understand and I empathize with, is that, look, it's one less thing that's going to stress out our kids or whatever the case is. Um, what I would say is I feel like I already know what those results are going to be because they've been the same thing for decades, uh, for multiple decades. And so, I mean, I get it. I, I understand it kind of from both sides. Uh, I want to, but I do want to just staunchly say I, I'm in full support of what, what Chris's comment was. Um, I'm not as mad about them taking the assessment away. Um, I think that people are trying to look for a reprieve. And I think this is one of those places that districts felt like they can get a reprieve as far as like putting extra stress on people. But the other piece that's not being said, and I want to, you know, honor the spirit of Chris and who I know him to be and who I know myself to be as somebody who wants to ensure black kids are getting the education that they deserve. Um, that means that there will be a full year of no assessment for your child. Uh, no standard, no standard assessment. And what people will say is, well, teachers will do this in their own way, differently or whatever the case is, but you can't depend on that. And the reason why you can't depend on that is because it's never really happened. It's never happened across the board. And what will happen is they'll take 5%, 10% or a small percentage of teachers that's really on top of it and are really assessing and telling you where your kids are and pushing and setting strong goals. But a lot of people want, won't. Um, again, I have teacher friends who were told by their district that they cannot contact their students until a contract is fulfilled, uh, until they have something in writing, right? Like a lot of, so if you are an education civilian and you don't work in this, um, I don't want you to feel like I'm talking down to you or Chris is talking down to you or anything like that. What I do want to do is offer you a little bit of insight. The reason why people like Chris are so staunch is because he feels and he knows and in his gut and from the history is telling him if we don't have some type of marker across the board, there will be nothing that will be uh, there as an apparatus to make sure that your kids are getting what they deserve, or at least that we are exposing that they're not getting what they need. So if folks have questions about that, drop that question in the comments, but I wanted to do a good job. I wanted to try to like, cause I understand people right now that's like, fuck a test. A test is the last thing we should be worried about. And I understand, but I also want to, for everybody on this is an educator or works in that sector or has been a board member or whatever the case is. There is a deeper argument that's being made here uh, around the totality of educating black kids. And so I just wanted to try to paint a, 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 a fuller picture. Yeah, you know, just we'll on that point, I just want to say this much. I want to make sure, though, that we don't paint everybody as if they all agree that testing is bad and that they don't want to know. Absolutely. And like, that, and like they don't care or whatever, like that is only for like insiders who see any value in that. I, no. I went through many years of social services of people being distrustful of schools and every other institution possible, and they didn't trust half the information that they were given. And this is at all levels. These are at all levels. And they know something is phony and foul in there. 
So, and, and Chris, thank you for clarifying that because I didn't want you know, my statement to be taken that way. Because I, because again, I, I actually agree with you, right? But again, I have different privileges in knowing kind of what happens with that information, right? Like people use that information as leverage when they're negotiating. Like this is the thing. What I wish, what I wish there was, I wish the way that C-SPAN has an ongoing uh, camera in the chambers when people are like negotiating and all that mm-hmm. stuff. I wish that people could see when you teachers unions are negotiating with districts about what they have to do and what they don't have to do. And, and I, and I think that people would be shocked by it. Um, but it's the reason why those conversations are closed doors. There's well, a you reason. know, that's a good point, Charles, because like right now, those teachers are negotiating all kinds of stuff right now. They're negotiating having to have not having to do all their work. They're negotiating right. not to have to have to not have to be in touch with your child during the week. To oh, they're not, not have to, they're demanding. They're, they're demanding. demanding. Yeah, they're demanding to not have to do a full caseload during the week and teach your job for a full or be available for a full, you know, full amount of time and blah, 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 whatever. So testing is a part of that agenda, too. They, they, everything that they wanted before right now, the world's their oyster to be able to just negotiate it behind closed doors without parents know being half the wiser as people are trying to figure out what to do with their kids at home, trying to do figure out what they're going to do to make sure that they don't COVID slide, summer slide, whatever you want to call it. It's just all injustice. Kid people are trying to figure out what to not have happened to their kids over the next year. Testing is right. one part of that. So, right. And, and I just want to oh, go ahead. I've, I've taken up too much space. Go ahead, Ray. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Finish it. No, I, I, I didn't want to take up too much space I, because some a few people were thanking me for that because, you know, with Chris, Chris has been in this and Chris was attacked as a board member. And there's a lot of and I think sometimes people forget that what you've kind of been through, Chris, to get to this point. Um, and there's a lot of backstory that's sometimes missing. Um, but I, I but I, I agree with him. I, I and, the, and Mark Gaskins just said it really well, is that the reason why people like Chris and Mark and and Ray like that, they're really staunch on this is because that test is the only visible part of the system that we get to see that actually has results based around it. If y'all made other tests that actually told me where kids started and where they are and you set goals around it, then I think these people wouldn't be so upset about like a standardized test being not taken or whatever the case is, but you're not, there There usually isn't an, a, an, an alternative offer up that lets people know exactly how their kids do, are doing from an objective state. Not subjective, not how you feel they're doing, but objective. And because, and this is how I know most people are, are full of shit around that say they don't care about the test or whatever, because every time tests get mailed home, people, parents want to see where their kids were. I don't care who you are, it might be a few folks, but it, that's 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 a plus or minus, baby. That's that's like the margin of error, right? But most people want to know how their kids rank amongst the rest of the kids that's sitting next to them. And and I think that some of us would be being uh, uh, untruthful if we didn't admit that. So I'll say that hard part. So I didn't want to. I'm sorry for taking up too much space. I just wanted because there was nuance there, and and I think that like Chris. I got Chris's point, but from the comments, even I, I think that some people like Chris has been doing this. Chris didn't just do this as a parent, but he also did as a board member. And well, this- just to be real, just to be clear, like, first of all, like you just hit on a big nuance that I think is really important. When people put out like general numbers that say like the average black kid in a district and the average white kid have this gap or whatnot, I honestly believe that a lot, a lot of people don't care about that as much. Right. But when we get the thing in the mail from the state on our individual kid. Absolutely. When people say to us like that doesn't tell you much, they're full of shit. 
I can show you mine on all three of my kids. It tells you way more than just that general number of like the average black kid and the average white kid. So let that be just so, so that's a good nuance. I'm glad you pulled that apart because when I get the one in the mail, it tells me much more than what people say that they tell you. It tells you a lot. Right. Samuel, I don't give a damn if anybody on this, if anybody in the comments don't like where I'm coming from. On no, this. no, no. It wasn't that. I, I appreciate you rescuing me, bro. And, and it, you know, it that's cool. But you know what? People can EAD no, if no, they no, don't no, like no, no, no. where wait, it came wait, from. Wait, wait a second. Because they support you. They support right, you. Right, right. I get it. The only I reason I'm saying that is because they supporting you. But I'm just saying, they're, because we do talk like insiders sometimes, right? Like, and I think that there are people, I, and I didn't, again, right? Take, take, take the show back. I, <laughs> I got you. I didn't, I, I didn't, because I didn't, I didn't, I didn't want, I didn't want Chris to dig his own grave because he didn't need to because he's actually being is not a grave, bro. No, no, because these people support you and they rocking with you. And that's beautiful. And if they don't, they can EAD. But they just right? didn't know, bro. You got to cool. listen, bro. I'm telling you, like people are rocking with you. But right. No, go ahead, Ray. I, I, I love them. I love them when they rock with me. I love them when they don't rock with me. And either way, they can eat a D if they don't He's like not. it. So, 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 go on, Ray. Do your thing, man. Mute you, yo. Right. Do your thing, man. Do your thing. So, so, so listen. So, so, so to talk about just like Georgia and the state testing or whatever. So, like, I'm real big. You guys know I'm real big on accountability. I'm real big on teacher accountability. And one of the ways mm-hmm. in which teachers can be held accountable is by those end of the year tests. But when you see say the word accountability is so dirty nowadays because people don't want to be held accountable and so when you talk about standardized testing it's aligned with accountability that's That's number one right the second thing is just like you said Chris when I open the mail and I get standardized test scores from my kids it gives me a printout or a layout of the standards that they mastered, the standards that they did not master. Mm-hmm, and so mm-hmm. me being the parent that I am, I can now assess what I need to do as a parent in order to get my kid to a level of mastery in terms of the things that he didn't master or, or that my daughter didn't master during the school year, right? So anybody that tells you that standardized testing is culturally biased and it's all this other shit, it's a load of shit because you can use that data and, and create and create sound learning plans for your kids. And so as teachers, when I was teaching in a classroom, I yearned for that, that kind of data. But now I knew where to start in terms of where my kids lacked and the things that my kids needed, right? And so to have a nationally normed test where I can compare my kids to what they're doing in Georgia, to what they're doing in That's Alaska, right. and nobody tell me that that is not a good thing. Nobody can tell me that, right? And so if you want to make the argument of based job decisions on state tech wars. Okay, I'll give you some leeway with that because there are other intangibles that go in into if a kid is prepared. A kid may have not eaten breakfast on a day that he was supposed to test and he tested bad. So I get, I get it. There are other things that occur that a kid may not test well. But to tell me that 100% that test is bad, that's bullshit. And you're trying to, you're trying to have a year off in Georgia. That's what y'all trying to do. Y'all trying to have a year off. That's it. So Thank you. Any, anybody that wants some money this year, anybody that wants some money this year that has a, re- uh, a, a re- reciprocity uh, teaching certificate, go to Georgia because you got a free year, free money. 
I don't have much else to say. I got you. No, no, no. I think we agree. Y'all, y'all out of control. But all right, what's next? Another hot, another hot topic. Another hot topic. Another hot topic. So I'm gonna set this up. I gotta set this up for y'all. Nice, right? So. We know five, ten years back when charter schools first started in New York City. Well, at least in New York City, but definitely like nationwide. There were some zero tolerance things that were happening. And so now the remnants of those zero tolerance policies are starting to kind of creep out and in, in, in people are starting to see them. So you're starting to see student groups uh, from years back that have, uh, I guess, dealt with this trauma that now need a space in order to kind of talk about the things that they went through in those schools. And so one of the schools that's like facing this situation is Success Academy. You know, success is always in the news, but there are other schools as well that are that are kind of facing the backlash of these zero tolerance policies. So I wanted to, I want you guys to talk about it. Talk about your thoughts in terms of like, you know, where y'all see this going. I mean, I, I, all I really have to say is, you know, first of all, there's zero tolerance or no excuses that originally was for adults. And, you know, the saying like no matter what the circumstances that children were born into, that there's no excuse for adults to say that they can't achieve. There were there are there were and are tons of educators who say, you know what, I'm going to teach them but I'm not accountable for what they learned because they're poor, because their parents are incarcerated. Shit, my dad was incarcerated. Like, or that their parents were divorced. Shit, my parents were divorced. Like, I don't want to hear that. And so that's where originally no excuses came from because adults were, were and are making excuses. The second thing, I don't really, you know, I don't get into the... I think when we say like, oh, it's the what you call it, not the no excuses, what you call it, the zero tolerance. Let me tell you, like everybody who's on Instagram, if you're on Instagram, go in and like a page called Black Main Line Speaks. Because this is the exact opposite. Whatever we say about zero tolerance, no excuse, this is the exact opposite. These are the the rich, wealthy, ride your skateboard through the hallway. It's okay, as long as you're not black. You know, come in and you know, just do whatever. Set set a fire in the yard, like we'll just slap your hand, unless you're black. Right? So black main line speaks. And what you'll see in there are another version of what you're talking about with the most with the exact opposite of this uh no excuses or zero tolerance or strict strict whatever go look at that because it's not just you know this thing is pervasive if you're a black child then you're going to be over policed you're going to be looked at a certain way and i I just don't like it looked at as as the elementary school i went to was called nithamusasa which meant discipline now and i understand that they were they were created by folks who had a, a certain type of love for black children and black communities. So, uh, yes, I'm not saying it's the, it's the same. But what I'm saying is that it's not this sector because people want to turn it in and like, oh, see, this is a charter school. Thing. Like, no, nah, this is, is a whole lot of things. There's a whole lot of uh, understanding. You, people need to understand human growth and development. People need to listen to their constituents and their parents and families. And we need to have a high bar. Right. But we shouldn't. Um, I think. Uh, Someone have said this before. We shouldn't say like, oh, do I want to read or do I want to be loved and valued? That should be one in the same inside of a school. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
And too often parents have black parents, Latino, indigenous parents have to pick and choose which one. Yeah, mom is a kid. We need our own damn schools like at the end of the day. That, I mean, that's that's what we need, <laughs> you know. Chris, but look up you. Black Mainline Speaks on Instagram and it's horrific. I had to stop reading because I wanted to see blood after seeing some of these testimonies. Chris. I mean, like, listen, I'm not going to have the conversation that everybody else wants to have, like when they pretend like they don't know what the politics are here. Success Academy is one of the best school districts in the United States. Super poor, almost overwhelmingly of color and beating the entire state of New York and elsewhere. And because of that fact and their co-location and how much their school leader is hated by the educational establishment in New York, they have been there has been a ongoing campaign against them for years. I'm not going to pretend like I don't know that. I'm not going to pretend like like all of these are like honest claims that come from an honest place or whatnot, because that would just be stupid of me. I don't care what anybody else knows. But the school has had a campaign for years. People have been organizing any student they could find, any teacher they could find that could say a bad thing or whatnot. Here's my test of the situation right now. Why, why do they have thousands and thousands and thousands of people applying for only 1,000 seats in that school? Why do the parents stay? Right. Why do the parents want to be there? Why do you enroll there? I could get a lot of reasons. I don't even have to agree with it. It doesn't have to be the kind of school I would put my kid in. But I do have to contend with the fact that it is the type of school that a lot of parents want to put their kids in, even if I don't want to. Right. So let me just say that. First of all, the no excuses thing is really kind of nutty just in this one way. You one of y'all just said it the right way. Like in the beginning, no, no excuses wasn't about zero, zero tolerance. It wasn't about some some form of discipline. It was about the expectation that every adult in the building would believe that every child could learn at a high level. No excuses. No, oh, they're poor, or they're hungry, or they're this, or I don't have the right supplies, or I don't have any of that, blah, 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 blah. There used to be something called 90-90 schools, schools that were above 90% poor, 90% of color, and 90% proficient. That's exactly what SA is. That's exactly what Student uh, Success Academy is. It's a 90-99 school, one of the few in the country. You don't have to like it yourself. You don't have to go there yourself. And I don't have to pretend like the union hasn't been after them for, for, for years and that this isn't a part of a campaign and that they're not making gains by turning no excuses into to zero discipline. Making a school that has more electives than all of the public schools around it more electives in art, music, dance, philosophy, uh, field trips, everything else that the other schools don't have, turning that into like a school that's supposed to be like some sort of jail in prison and joyless thing or whatever. I'm not a booster of the school. I'm just like saying, like, listen, be real about the fact that parents want to go there. Be real about the fact that they get way more applications than they have seats for year over year over year over year. And be real about the fact that they just sent 100% of their first graduating class of high school to college, right? Just be real about the numbers, that they're in the top 1% in math in their state, where poor kids are outscoring rich white kids in their school. You could say it's for a lot of reasons. Oh, they're so tough. They're so this. They're so that. Listen, I do believe we need black schools. I do believe we need our own schools. I do believe charters shouldn't be run by all the same groups of people or whatnot. 
but I'm not going to play around with this in this story because social justice people tend to do this thing where they jump on whatever damn thing it is that people say to them. You could call something like, you know, broken windows or whatever you want to do or whatnot. And you could never have stepped a foot in that building in, in a million years and not know that you sound stupid. I'm sorry. That's just me. That's just me. So I see, I see you on one. <laughs> so I'm, I'm gonna jump in, Cole, and then you, you can finish up uh, on, on this, on this take. So, having worked in a no excuses charter school, I do believe that there's certain traumas that, uh, that exist with, with, with kids now. So if you were in a no excuses charter school about seven years ago, you went through college and you've come to an understanding of who you are uh, as, a, as an adult then sitting silently and earning the right to speak and earning the right to sit at a, a, at a cafeteria table, that's going to have some kind of effect on you. And that shit is not right. That's the first thing. The second thing is a lot of parents choose success academy in schools like them because the district schools are no competition for that. I would rather have my kid be able to read at the end of the day and, and be a productive member of society than to waste away in a traditional public school. And so the same kind of the same kind of attention that you're giving to Success Academy or other schools for doing the things that they do is the same kind of attention that you need to be giving to these traditional public schools for not educating your kids at all. So emotional well-being is 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 uh is definitely high on my list. I don't think that kids should have to be subjected to not being human. And so, therefore, that's why I made my move away from the school that I was at because I didn't feel like they were treating kids like they were human beings. Another thing I want to talk about with Success Academy and like and just high-performing charter schools in New York City is that they don't necessarily prepare you for a specialized high school. So, like, you don't see those kids that are in the successes or whatever that are going to the Stuyvesants or going to the Brooklyn Techs or going wherever because they don't perform well on those tests. They perform well on standardized tests because a lot of their curriculum is based off of scoring well on those particular tests that they teach to. So that's a downside to that. But still, at the end of the day, regardless of if they're scoring, you know, regardless of how they're scoring on those tests, you still got to be able to read in order to perform and do what you got to do on those tests. Um, there's also pushouts that occur. Um, and so it's heavily documented in terms of like, you know, the special education pushouts and the kids that don't make it or the kids that are not aligned with the thinking or the coachability or, you know, just the, the good kid persona. Those kids get pushed out of those charter schools. Seeing it for myself and having lived through it, I know that that happens. Um, and then also when you look at the amount of kids that go to college from these schools, you got to look at, you also have to look at the, the student attrition. You got to look at how many kids started in the freshman class and then how many kids ended in the senior class. And a lot of times you'll see that the kids, there's a lot of, there's a, there's a huge discrepancy in terms of the amount of kids that start and the amount of kids that so if you get me a high-performing charter school with zero tolerance that started off with 100 kids, and then in 12th grade, they sent they still sent 100 kids to college, then we could, we, we, we could talk about it. But if you... But, but Ray, but Ray, that's not... That, that, in one way, that, that's not realistic, because like... Like like a lot of success academy schools are co-located, for instance, right, with other schools, right? So you'll have a success academy school with like 15 to 20 percent attrition, which is high by my standards where I live. 
But the school they're co-located with, the regular district school, has a 40 percent attrition rate, (laughs) right? Double, double. But someone will pull up the Success Academy one and like make this big deal out of it and not say, you know, the school they're co-located with, which is a regular district school, actually has double the attrition rate than what they have. Right. The other thing that they will do is like, like, do you all remember when that teacher was caught at Success Academy, like ripping the little students work, the the little girls work? and hat and whatnot. I wrote kind of like a, we did a thing on it. I wrote a scathing piece about it. I remember just like saying, basically saying like, listen, I support a lot of what they do in schools like Success Academy, but if that was my child, Mm-hmm. If I ever saw a teacher do My some dumb shit like that, that, right? Like I would, you would have me on the news for for a way different reason, right? But somebody got at me privately and started just sending me a bunch of links. Like at the same time that I was going off about that, the rest of us were too. Not far from that was a school district school where the principal had thrown a thirteen year old down the stairs and it was getting no coverage. Had had literally on purpose thrown a, you know a thirteen year old and then blamed the thirteen year old for throwing him down the stairs or throwing her was a girl down the stairs. So here we are tripping about this teacher, which we should have been, who ripped up a little girl's work and completely ignoring that we had a principal that like threw kids down or, or that there was a school close by where a 13 year old got raped in the bathroom or there was a school close by where a principal hadn't been in the work for like six months and was collecting a $150,000 paycheck and go on and on and on and on. You have to ask yourself, well, wait a second now, why do we know so much about everything that's wrong with Success Academy, but we don't know anything that is going on in the schools that they're co-located with or that they're blocks away from. Mm. Why is that? Mm. Well, you know why. You already said why. <laughs> I mean, like the union is definitely... I said why, but I don't think that people that like to jump on the uh, the anti-social justice, anti... I, I can't stand these prison-like so, charter schools. So, I don't think they know it okay, or else so they would me, be saying that mess. Let me make it clear. All right, so t- to make it clear as to like what this position is from the union with regards to Success Academy. The union is 100% trying to infiltrate Success Academy. And so how you do that is you find a teacher that didn't didn't like Eva's you find a teacher that didn't like Eva's take on George Floyd. You flip him. And then you get him to go in and then flip other teachers, right? In terms of like, oh, I don't like how things go here. Very racist, very astute, anti-student, very this, very that, or whatever. And then at the end of the day, what you'll have is you'll have one school that gets flipped. And then all the other schools will fall in line in terms of that. Because that's just how it works. And so, yeah, this is absolutely, I feel that this, speaking for Ray, not speaking for anybody else on A Black Hands, I feel like this is union orchestrated. And I feel like it's going to be successful because I've seen them do this shit. This is a union playbook. And it's from page one, and now we're in the middle of the book. And really, there's no way to stop this. There's, there's no way to stop it. And, and in Minnesota, where I live, the reason I'm so sensitive to it is like people even in the comments here are like, you know, well, white people shouldn't be running these schools like that or blah, blah, blah whatever. That's fine for New York. How, whatever New York wants to do, if y'all want to send y'all, y'all kids to jacked up schools where nobody can read and they come out the other end and you feel good about the social justice part, though, good for you. But the way that this has happened here in the Twin Cities is they've gone after school leaders of color. Right. So they shut down like one of the one of the highest performing schools that was almost 100 percent Africans in it. Um, and they were almost 100 percent proficient. And they sent the substitute teacher in 
and she didn't like what she saw on some things or whatnot, and then came out and reported it to the state and got all up in the news. And before you know it, uh, the best performing charter school for all African kids in Minnesota is now closed because of a situation just like this. And, and you know, and you can't jump on the social justice bandwagon of, well, white people shouldn't be running schools like this when it comes to a school full of Africans. They did the same thing can, with can I Best Academy this? and Harvest Academy, Black Run, Brown Run schools. They do the same thing. Can I hop in on this, Chris? I think do so. Your thing, as, as, do your thing, as the sole as, as the sole West Coast cat like guy. I don't know Eva. I know Eva Moskowitz is the person that runs Success. I know she did your show. Um, I don't know her. I think there's a few things. I think multiple things can be true at once. All right. So let's just just give me two minutes to go through this, but because I I actually agree with what y'all are saying. But again. <laughs> Y'all have more information than the majority of the people that might be listening to this. One, like two things can be true. They they are one of the best performance schools in that area and people choose them. And that's why they always have a wait list. Schools only have wait lists that people want to go to. Let's just say that. That's just a fact. It is what it is. Um, and you can still need to improve at the same time. I've read some of those stories. Again, I don't know that school. I know that school is not hurting for seats. And I know I know that people are not like leaving that school in droves. Right. Here's where I think a lot of the issue from people like the eight black hands have have a problem. I need folks to keep that same energy on the traditional side because we'll find a small like success only has what when you look at the percentage of students that success have and those kids matter. Those are people. And if people feel that they were mistreated or whatnot, then they should take that up and it, we sh it should be addressed and right. they need to improve. But we take these small little things and we extrapolate them. And then when we say the same thing for the traditional system, then we cape for that traditional system and we don't hold them accountable in the same way. Then it's about money. It's about this and it's about that. And I think that is really rough. So all I, I think what people are asking, I don't think people are really upset with holding Eva Moskowitz and her schools accountable. I think that you should. But it's also now hold those traditional schools to the same standard. Because what happens when I complain about my traditional school or somebody is raped in that school or a teacher is doing something to a child and the union protects them or whatever the case is, then it's like, oh, that's just a bad apple situation. Well, if it's a bad apple situation on this side, then what is it on the other side? And so I think multiple things can be true. So let me just lay out my point and be done. And I'll let Reef, who probably has more knowledge and information than I do, because it is complicated. One, success is one of the best, highest performing school districts in the nation for, for poor kids and black kids. And they have a long wait list. This is a fact. The fact number two, some people did not like how they were treated and they did not like that system. And I don't know many people that did success, but I do know folks here that did Kip. One of my best friends put his, his son in Kip. He did not transfer him, even though he did not like the way that they made him line up or whatever. And that was a situation that he dealt with on that basis and they need to improve on that. That is also a fact. And three is if you want to find this type of case for success and make pages and do all that stuff, I think it's fine and I think it's fair game if, if we hold every other school to the same type of standards. Hold your traditional schools to those same standards. Don't say that it's because of money. Don't say that it's because of this, that, and the third. Don't take the political John. Don't take the political joint. Mm -hmm. Because when unions organize something like this, and there is some union organizing behind this, which is fine with me. Again, I don't care. But you just got to keep that same energy. People like... 
this podcast only have a problem when you hold these folks to this kind of standard and you don't hold the other side to it. And I think that's what people are asking. And again, let me just end by saying charter schools represent such a small percentage of kids in this country. And there are more people that want them. Here's what I think. I do think we need our own schools. I think charter schools is one apparatus in which we can get the type of education we want. I think that when we actually get the money that we need, I think black private schools is actually going to be the way to go where you don't even have to deal with this system at all. So Mm -hmm. I just wanted to say that I wanted to tackle all the nuances and I wanted to actually like it because it is a complicated situation, but there is an answer. There are answers. And we just we just tend to act like there is not an answer when we're talking about the larger traditional district where 80 percent of black kids are actually attending every single day being mistreated and we don't keep the same energy. Yo, so so Charles, take us right into your agentic moment, bro, because I know you got something big you want to talk about. So go ahead. I think, you know, my agentic moment was uh, it wasn't as much around this, but I think it does connect. I think that, you know, we just celebrated Juneteenth and I'm as somebody who lived in Paducah, Kentucky, I'm getting ready to celebrate 8th of August. Is That's when that region found out that they had freedom. Uh, Juneteenth was about freedom from chains, uh, but there's also psychological chains that's still on us. And I think in this moment, I think what I was saying on Friday for Juneteenth is black folks that are able to go out and research therapy, research black therapists. And the reason why I'm saying that is because right now we are all on edge. I would say the vast majority of us, even if you think you're okay, we are dealing with a major racial issue and moment in our country. And we're also dealing with a national, with a global pandemic that's claiming a lot of lives that look like us. And I think that you might feel like you're okay, but I think all of us are two steps away from having a full out episode. And I think that, you know, I posted that on Friday and I understood instantly why Negroes don't post about mental health because people (laughs) thought I was about to kill myself. And I said, I'm fine. But my thing was, everybody I know whether they in education or not, every black person I intimately know is struggling right now, whether they realize it or not. And it, what good does it do for us to be out of those other chains if our mind and our emotions and our feelings, this is a rough time. And I, I and the, the agency and the agentic moment that I want people, I want people to be kind to themselves and it's okay to need help. I think right now we all need help as 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 just a people. If you are Chris, if you are Ray, if you are Sharif, if you are Charles, you hold a lot of cards and there's a lot of people depending on you. And there's just and we're tied in the house at the same time. We need help. And I think it's okay to go out and get that help, because if you don't, your body will shut down on you. Your mind will shut down on you. And that won't be good for any of us. When we see shit in the news about nooses in 2020, whether you know it or not, it takes a toll on you. And it has us on tilt. And and I say this, especially for you folks, as we celebrate Father's Day, you know, this stuff leaks out of us in different ways that don't just affect the people that we work with, but it affects the people that depend on us to take care of them the most though. That, that being our wives or children or our families or whatever the case is. So my agentic moment is if you have the resources, uh, Make sure you got somebody that you can talk to that can help you process this shit. And if you don't have the resources, try to check in with your HR people or at least find some people that you trust um, to, to just be able to process all the shit that's happening right now, because this is unprecedented. It's never happened before like this. And it's OK to not be OK. That's my agentic moment for the day. Mm-hmm. I appreciate mm-hmm. you, bro. 
And so mm-hmm. uh, since we're running short on time, I'm going to yield my time and, and, and just concede at the fact that Charles's message was so powerful that I don't even need my moment. So final thoughts. Uh, Chris, we'll start with you. Um, I love where Charles just took it. If you actually have the resources, of course, take care of yourself and realize how uh, how lucky and, and fortunate you are to be able to take care of yourself in that way. Remember your ancestors. Remember where you come from. Remember that everything that you feel is not making you crazy. It actually should be crazy making because you're in a no win situation. And the only way you can win is to take care of yourself. But I do want to add friendly amendment. If you have the resources, that's cool. Make sure you're fighting for the people that don't have resources, though. Right. Because like I think honestly, like mental health services and help and assistance is very much on a sliding scale in the United States. And it should be open and available to everyone. But unfortunately, the communities that need it the most need the access to it the most are the ones where it's really spotty. It's like bad cell phone coverage is really spotty, like who you can reach out to, how how much help you can get, how long you can get it for, whatnot. So uh, I actually don't want to go anywhere else on this show except for where Charles landed. I love the point. Um, we're coming up on an election this year. I just hope people keep it in mind that if you do have the resources, fight for people that don't have the resources. Yeah. Reef, swinging it to you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've never, you know, been to a therapist outside, you know, um, you know, oh, tap into of course, my, of course, you know, just of course, tap into my, to my family. <laughs> I, I do think, but I did call about one. Like, I mean, this was yeah. my, my last year, my second to last year as, as a principal, I, I just felt like, you know, after seeing, uh, and this, you know, just so much stuff, you know, how our children suffer, how our community suffer. Like I did call like a friend of mine, uh, Dr. Uh, Camila Rashad and say, Hey, can you give me a list of, of, of brothers, black men who are, who are therapists? Uh, because I was just feeling like just the weight on, you know, after, you know, kids going through so many things and, and just the, the, the terror that's unleashed on our families and communities uh, so much. I never, and, and I appreciate, uh, you know, both of you saying this, cause I, even after I got the list, I still, fell into that like uh i don't know if i want to be talking to you know so i don't know them it's my business you know i still fell into that kind of stereotypical uh thing like i'm all right i'm all right you know what i mean and and i feel like sometimes we'll say i'm all right all the way to our grave mm-hmm. and so um you know I, I do think it's really it's really important um and and i i I'm really pushing myself. This helps to remind me, like, you know what, these are, this is, uh, you know, this is important and, and we got to really uh, use whatever resources and taking care of ourselves is actually a revolutionary act in itself if you're a black person in America, because, you know, they don't care if you drop dead. Um, and so just a reminder to to all of us, so just second what you all said and reminded to myself. Um, might have to be calling. I lost that list, Doctor Rashad. So I might have to call you again. And I would, yeah. and I, I, and I don't want to cut in anybody's time. But somebody just said that they, it's hard for them to find black and brown therapists. If you search for black or and or brown or whatever, whatever your race is or whatever you're looking for, if you do a search for it, Psychology Today has actually a curated list for whatever region you're in. And there's ways to kind of look and you can kind of like group share it or whatnot. I mean, that's not saying it's going to solve everybody's problem, but they have been trying to be more thoughtful about being able to connect uh, race appropriate therapists with folks. And that's just from my social work days I, I, that I know that. So No, no, I appreciate that. So somebody was like, yeah, there's 
is a pro bono. I saw see you lovely. I saw that pro bono joint on Facebook. I'm like, I'm not just going to some you know <laughs> brothers like, yo, tell me your deepest, darkest secrets. I can tell. Like I'm not, you know, and I, but I remember as a principal every single time that I just broke down and cried. You know, the first time was when uh this young man had been raped by an uncle. Mm. Um, he was already uh, he was already struggling with a whole lot because he had already suffered through a lot. And I remember just like breaking down. Mm. Uh, mm-hmm. The second time I remember was when a teacher brought a gun to school and then thought he lost it. Um, he had misplaced his bag, but he thought the some little kid had it. And when we found it, you know, I just I, I broke down just because like what could have happened to someone's child? Like, how do I even tell a parent like, yeah, I was in charge of a school and, and some idiot, uh, you know, did something so beyond stupid. And so there were just times throughout my career that I just lost it. And I just after I got myself together, I'm like, oh, I'm all right. I'm all right. Uh, but I think over the years, you know, uh, it, it definitely I, I believe it. It definitely had an impact. Mm-hmm. Charles. Yeah, uh, I think in final thoughts, um, again, um, and listen, and there might be some folks that ain't got the bread just to kind of stay on this. Like, uh, find a group that you trust that you can just be. Sometimes you just need to get it out, say it, and just kind of like say it and let it linger, and that'll even make you feel better. I think um, I think today was was an important show, and I think that by the number of people that are still here, uh, if y'all need to keep going, if we need to keep going, and we, you know, whatever, we, we own this platform, so we can do whatever we want but i will just say again right now it's a it's a really tough time um and and reach out to some people man like this is this is this is these are the moments where addicts are made these are the moments where vices start to like win over and it's rough man and it's okay and it's all right you don't have to be perfect all the time i know twitter tells you that you need to be but you don't need to be and you know this is a you know, and I'm going to just be vulnerable. Like Ray and I had a little tiff and we talked earlier, man. And when we spoke, it was just so much shit that just kind of got let go. And none of the shit had anything to do with either one of us. You know what I'm saying? And and, and it just also made me just realize how much I miss, you know, each member of like this, this, this podcast. Right. It takes a lot to put this together. And I just want to say, you know, this isn't the time to isolate yourself from people that you care about or that care about you. This is the time to actually reach out. And um it's just a tough time for everybody. And it's okay. It's okay that we don't know exactly what schools are going to look like, but it's people like us in this podcast that's going to offer some direction, offer some, some offer up some help. Listen, don't nobody got it figured out right now. And I think that it's okay to, for us to admit it. And while we're admitting it, let's also rethink how this thing can look for black kids because black kids have always been getting a shaft and we don't have to go back to what it's always been. I saw somebody that wasn't black and it's not a bad thing, but I saw him have an issue with like my notion of, of a black private school. And the reason why I think that's important, and I mean this with all due respect, this is not to call you out or make you feel alienated. I want you to be a part of this family, but I'm going to say this to you. The reason why is because I don't feel that we have to trust or bow down to a state system that has never, ever, ever served us appropriately. And once we actually have private, once we actually have money and can do things the way that we feel like we need to do them, I think we'll start to see things differently happen for our people. But I'm not going to continue to tell black people to sacrifice their kids to the mantle of of, of traditional public education. It's not okay. I'm not doing it. And since 
since we are now attacking and going after police unions, which at, uh, just a few weeks ago was still untouchable and had been for multiple centuries, mm-hmm. that means that these unions are not safe either. That means that now is the time to start asking questions. That means now is the time to make demands and say, look, I still if I'm a union person and I love unions, especially my Midwest people, I get it. You can also say I love that union and I want a fucking camera in the middle of that thing while they talking about my kids. You can also start to hold them accountable. As Dr. Howard Fuller said, and I will close it with this. If it wasn't built by God, that means that it can change right now is our moment. And I have no problem leveraging this moment with police uh, reform by, by th- rethinking what education can look like for our black kids. And that's Bro, my and so, so so I thank you for that final thought. So then your final thought makes this not be a final thought because we got so many people. <laughs> Yo, we got so many people. I was about to say, so I got a final thought on yeah. that final thought. Yo, <laughs> so I got a final thought. We got so many people rocking with us right now, bro. So we're going to just go into this section because we missed this section and we advertised this. So we got to get the people what they want. So right, Is everybody okay? Can everybody go a little longer? I just want to make you sure. Listen, if they don't want to go, they can go. You ain't got I'm, to go I'm home. You need bro. I'm talking about you. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> you see, I told you, everybody ready. Everybody ready. <laughs> so, yo, so big talk in the news is police reform. What are y'all thoughts on, you know, there needing to be police reform? Charles, I think you just hit it, but anybody else got some thoughts? This was very uh, <laughs> you, you already know how I feel about that. Like, yeah. like when you talk about reform, I'm talking about like how radical are we talking about? Like, you know, mm-hmm. like, like I, you know, I mean, a lot of the stuff that they're going to offer is going to be BS. Like, and I'm not trying to hear it. Like, you know, th- again, this stuff is from the 20s, the 40s, the 60s, the 80s, 2000, you know, 2020. So I, I don't, anything that they come up with, I'm not with it. Anything that somebody in the government offers is, is not going to be radical enough for me. You know, I'm, I'm sick of it. I, I, I've lost count how many times, you know, we've we've asked and 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 marched and read and did slam poetry and wrote letters. And I'm, I'm, I'm sick of it, man. Like they like, you know, and the, the damn government is giving them tanks. Like, like it is your right to protest. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It is your absolute right to protest. And they're like, yes, it's your right. And we're going to meet you there with tanks. Right. Like, I mean, this this stuff is so sick. And then I just get sick of the hypocrisy because the first thing they want to do is talk about what's happening in some dictatorship, uh, you know, in the Middle East or somewhere else. And Oh, look, and and these uh, the Americans who have no sense of history, no sense of of just the America, the octopus trying to put their tentacles in every single country and sell you on some madness about how, oh, the bad guys are over there. The bad guy is in your precinct down the damn block. And so like that, I'm just, I'm just sick of it. I'm tired. Like I like I really see this is why I know I need the therapist because I've been like this. this <laughs> because I, I'm, always, cause I'm usually listen, when I was younger, I would just lash out when we went to college. If, if yeah. some, you know, we went to a mostly white school and if one of them frat said something disrespectful, which they would do, they would disrespect some of the black women and we just go see them. Like I was up in that frat house that night. Like it's not a big deal. Right. And so I really tried to evolve around that and be, you know, and just, you know, like just come something else. My last fist fight was as a teacher. Right. Because I, and I had, and I looked up and I saw on the SEPTA bus where a bunch of my students <laughs> on the bus watching this. Cause these two white boys, probably off duty cops were like trying to get slick and, and trying to jump somebody. And so they had to get handled. 
Right. And so then, but I'm also a couple. So like I got, I got family members who had to go to jail. I got family members who are still in jail. So all this stuff is like, just like, I, I, this is why I try to, when you tell me like, Oh, you're calm. This is why, because when it comes out, it's going to come out. I can't even right now. I'm like almost shaking. Cause I'm like so pissed off. Like, no, I don't want no damn reform. Like it needs to be something mm. much more radical because too many people have been, there's been too much strange fruit on trees, on the side of highways, and in jails. Like, it's been too much, and I'm sick of it. Well, I got a bad take. Want to hear my bad take? My son has been going to every protest, and I was like, listen, make sure you keep them cops safe. Like, just Mm. stay away from them. Keep them safe. Stay away from them because I can't I can't handle it right now with, you know, with just everything that's going on. It's enough is enough is enough. No, I don't want no daggone reform. Your head, Chris. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm going to say the same thing. Like, I don't agree with police reform. I don't think we need police reform. But there are some things that I think we specifically do need. Number one, we need an end to qualified immunity. Right. And it's a technical term. People should look it up, see what it means. But police officers should have to carry insurance for any malpractice that they do on the job and things that they do. And they shouldn't just be immune to like things that you and I would go to jail for if we did it to people. So that's number one. Number two, I don't like reform because we need to de-escalate the police, the military buildup of all the weapons that they have and all these kind of like uh, this this proto-military type of weaponry and and styles that they have. Number one, we got to get rid of all of that, too. Um, Also, this warrior training that they do and the training that it takes to actually uh, become a cop, that the third party warrior training that they pay for themselves on on weekends that teaches them how to kill people and not feel bad about it. That needs to go to that needs to be outlawed. The number the amount of time that it takes to become a police officer and the people that they choose has to be radically redone and and reshaped. Um, There should be like a five year Five year sentence for anybody that turns off their their um, their their webcam or their their cam, their police cam, you know, because they always seem to just magically go off at the wrong time. Like just like, you know, either the the, the sound goes out or the picture goes out right as something crazy is, is about to happen. Um, and there needs to be like punishment for that. There needs to be a whole set of punishments that we don't have right now when officers do things that that regular people would go to jail for for doing. There also needs to be a massive professional movement because I actually like in the last week and a half I have watched watched a lot of what they call audits police audits so these are people that uh, on purpose go out and try and have engagements with the police to see if they can make them trip up or do things wrong and they trip up every single time they do unprofessional stuff on every stop just constantly it's just like it's rampant and it's because they know they can get away with it there's nobody watching them. The audits don't go anywhere. Nobody really watches them. No one. So when people have been saying like defund the police, there's been all this talk around like, well, that's you can't really do that or whatnot. The hell you can't. Now, I, I realize that anybody on this podcast right now, someone was breaking in your house tonight at two in the morning. First thing you gonna do is call 911. Right. And you will hope that somebody shows up quick and saves you, whatever. So let's not act like I'm talking like I'm I don't a, understand I'm that. Really. Stay first. So, but go ahead. You're going to lock your safe. You're going to like do a couple of clicks. <laughs> click, click. <laughs> click, click. You're going to listen for that sound. Click, click. Oh, OK. All right. Yeah. Then you're going to call 911 and say something on the order. I'm about to shoot somebody. Please send somebody. Right. <laughs> 
But that doesn't away that doesn't wash away all the millions of interactions that police officers are having with regular people every single day where they're aggravating citizens, where they're taking away your freedom. They're unlawfully de- detaining you for reasons that are not lawful uh, for their stops with you. They're, they're putting people in databases. They're collecting thumbprints and faces and tattoos and stuff into databases for no crimes whatsoever committed. And they're using that database to harvard, harvest like communities out of communities these things that they need, like they need you to turn over on somebody. They already got you in the database. You haven't committed any crime, right? All of those things fall outside of reform because those are like fundamentally changing the way that police officers work and handle right now. So I am down with defund, um, demilitarize, um, defang in many cases, and monitor. Better body body cams, all that type of stuff right now. We need it. The last thing is to, to, uh, I just want to add this. The Civil asset forfeiture. See how like wonky these things have to get before we can just be real about things. The fact that police for years have been able just to take your stuff and not even really charge you with the crime and they get to keep it. And that they've been harvesting out of communities money, cars, automobile, weapons, jewelry, everything else. And that's what has funded their tanks and their bodysuits and their their big ass guns that they don't need or whatnot. You got to hit them where it hurts. Stop the civil asset forfeiture. Can I? Can I? I know John, the only, only place you can murder yeah. somebody and get fired. I, I wanted to <laughs> get fired. I murdered you, and the worst that's going to happen to me is fired. Oh, probably get back me, right? Like that stuff got me. It's, it's, it's just sick. Well, go off, Reef. Go ahead, brother. No, I'm, I'm, I'm done. You sure? I'm, okay. Yeah, so I, I just want to give you space. Um, I will say this. I think, you, you know, as much as we are an education podcast, we could have easily been like a social worker podcast because three of the four of us have actually been social workers. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. you know, and I think that as a social worker, I remember doing training. It ain't too late, Ray, for you to do some of that. <laughs> I, but, but, I remember, but I remember doing trainings with the police. And I, and I think people need to understand what defund means. It, what, the scenario Chris described is exactly why you want to be able to call police. That's the, actually their job. When we were doing trainings, my job was to come into a home and to make sure and do a check on the person that they were worried about. So I worked with kids that had special needs that might have been aggressive or whatever the case is. But I was trained for that. The police were trained and we were in the training together. They're trained to to neutralize the threat. Right. Which means that my kid who was a bit overweight, a bit oversized, who might have been six, three and 300 pounds, instead of understanding what his issue was, it was to stop him, which is normally by shooting center mass if they don't stop. Right. Defund the police does not mean get rid of the police. What it means is better training for police and allowing them to do what we need them to do. But there's a lot of other things that we call on them for that really shouldn't be their job. Certain disputes at home that's with a child or whatever the case is, not necessarily their job. Things where you need to kind of deal with somebody's mental and, and, and psychosocial, not necessarily their job. Schools and, and de-escalating in those type of situations. So defund the police does not mean get rid of the police. There are two movements that are happening. Just so our people out there know, defund and abolish. And the only reason that defund is actually getting the attention that it deserves today is because abolish started to get a lot more attention. So people are like, oh, shit, well, we are not getting away. Like, and I know black people. And this is the thing. Let's just be really honest. Let's have a real honest talk. It's a lot of black people that are not OK with the police going fully away. 
But that defund conversation is something very different. And I think that one of our problems in this country is that we only look at headlines and we don't read the body. And I think that, and I just wanted to make sure that if you watching this podcast, listen to this podcast, you will at least leave here knowing what the fuck you're talking about. Um, and then I, I, would, I, mean, I just want to insert, I, I would like a whole lot of them abolished. I would like, no, no, we got, exactly. We got, 6, 000, we got 6,000 police in Philadelphia. If right. that went down significantly, like, I mean, like drastically and it, it, wait a minute, but those people were actually something else that the community could reimagine about what they need. Right. Uh, just reimagine, like, what does the community actually need? Do we actually need some some white folks who live in Jersey and the suburbs to come drive into the side of Philadelphia and then police the Negroes to pacify the Negroes to oversee the Negro? Nah, we don't need that. Right. Because that's a lot of like what happens. So, yeah, abolish that crap. Let's reimagine. Like, you what could happen. But we agree. Could you still talking about defund? The abolish is uh, the abolish campaign is get rid of everything. Right. What you're talking about is let's actually. No, what I'm saying is abolish. I'm not saying tomorrow, but I'm saying that's what I, I would like to see, because right. the, the amount of people who are actually doing the, you know, uh, what we would say criminal behavior, if they were actually educated, <laughs> if we look at the dropout rate, is it really we need more police or we need better schools? I know, I'm agreeing right? with you. Do we bro. need better I, teachers I and educators so that they come out? If, if everybody comes out like they come out of the, the lower Marians and all these suburban schools, would they ain't getting police like that in their neighborhood because they got it. They got right. a degree. They got education. They got multiple degrees. They graduate twice, three times. Right? I, I think, you know, a problem, though, is that people have is that they don't know how to imagine what comes after something like abolish yes. the police. Right. Yeah. Like if you say abolish, you got to paint a picture for people like, mm-hmm. <laughs> OK, so you just said abolish police. So okay, here's what let's, we say. Here's let's what say I we just, abolish them on Friday. Uh, OK, right. what, what, what happens like, on Monday? We so. wake up and it's like, oh, well, I'm not talking about like just just uh, Kay, I'm talking about some deliberate, specific, you're defunding with a with a goal, right? So we started off in Philly. What we were suggesting is like, you don't need the mounted patrol. I don't know how much that shit costs, but you don't need a bunch of bullies. <laughs> uh, did you reverse? Yes, 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 right. I'm a man, man. I'm mad. Yes, like, I, I, yes, I, I, I should have got off 30 man. minutes ago. This, this, yeah. is what I, this is what I don't need in my life, right? Wait a second. Did you just say we don't need the, the ones on horses? No, we, listen. <laughs> We don't need of them. all the ones you could have picked out, you picked the ones on horse. No, listen, hey, listen. Chris, let I'm them talking go, about, bro. I'm, I'm talking about defunding, like strategically, moment. the Marine unit. I'm talking about like the amount of money that all of mm. these folks get, right? All of them. I already said six thousand. We don't need six thousand, right? You know, we don't need six thousand police running around here with guns and badges, no control, no therapy, no no regard for human rights. Just forget the murders that they do. Just think about how they bark at people, how they aggressively interact with people. How like that's like like yeah, I'm mad, man. Listen, I'm mad. Listen, and and listen, I've been mad for a long time. Remember, I told you I was I was a young kid when I saw that picture that everybody's seen with those Black Panthers lined up against the wall. I was probably seven years old, and I was mad since I've been like piping like an internal, a seething cauldron of conflict. Seeing my father and his comrades up on up against the wall. Um, in their boxers mm. or or worse, butt naked with these cops standing like, yeah, I've, I've been pissed off. And I try to use I try to channel it in a certain way because it was a certain time in my life that I didn't channel it. I just lashed out. And that's not healthy. And that undermines what we're trying to do. It's not productive. All right. So here's what I want to say. So, yeah, I'm mad. What I want to say is if you're still tuning. If you're still. Tuning, OK, you finished. 
If you're still tuning in with us right now, (laughs) if you're still tuning in with us right now, you better like, uh, be angry, smile, do something. Better do because we're giving you something, we're giving you more than we've we've given you in a while. So y'all better be liking this and doing whatever. So right. Can I ask just why why can each and every one of you that's listening right now, whether you listen on Facebook, Twitter, or whatever, can you please share? Because we're giving y'all a little bit of extra time today. And we got Reef. Like I wasn't even finished with my point, but Reef needed to go there. So I'm glad he did. Ray, I'm gonna give it, but can, if y'all rock with us and you've been in these comments, we need each and every one of you to share this so it gets seen by a bunch of people uh, because you got us uncut tonight. Uh, go ahead, uh, Ray, and I can finish my I can finish my other comment later because I we ain't okay. Ray. I mean, Reef cursed, so we should let him yeah. go. Yo, any any show that we have that Reef curses and it's been like three of them, those are my three favorite shows because that means that it was well written, it pushed him, and yo, I'm feeling it right now. So can can police reform happen without ed reform? Chris, start with you. I mean, like, we got to stop, you know, chopping them into different territories or whatnot. You have a child, you have a family, they are involved in many systems, and all of those systems have workers that come to work with them in one way, shape, or form. You have teachers, you have police officers, social workers, judges, people within the court system, all these ancillary systems or whatnot, and it's all unjust. All of them. Like, the welfare system needs, I don't want to use the word reform, it needs to, to, it needs... It needs a date with justice. So does the police department. So do the schools. So do the social workers. So does child protection. So do the foster care the foster care system. I could keep going down the line. The system, what we call the system, has many tentacles and many parts to it, and all of them are unjust. So to like pick out one part of that unjust system and to pretend like that one needs reform, um, what we need to get straight on as thinking people and free people, what does it mean for our children and for our families to truly be free? And who is coming to abridge that freedom? Because then we can approach them all as as if they're the same. Police officers are out of hand right now. Teachers have been out of hand, but we have some sort of weird um, Stockholm syndrome about the schools. Like, oh, my God, but they love me. They gave me a candy bar once or some bullshit like that. Whatever it is, one of them is diminishing your mind. The other one is beating your body. The other one is putting you in prisons and in jails for long periods of time. And if, it, if they're not putting you in, in jails and prisons, they're putting you in the, the kind of free prison, which is basically where they hire you and they tokenize you into their own systems and make you play a role in the oppression of your own people. All of it needs change. All of it. So we just need to be justice seekers. We need to be able to figure out to smell justice and smell injustice wherever it is, because the devil is going to bring it to you in different people and in different systems. And it's going to look all different. You can be all scattered. Just be much more clear about it. No, no. And I just point out to the people that at this point of the show at an hour and 36 minutes in, we have more live viewers than what we've had. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> throughout the entire show. <laughs> I, I, and I just want to I just want to say this, right? And, and and for the folks on this show that got to run cuz we are going over, do what you got to do. I do think that this has been therapeutic for the fellas and 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 Reef, I'm really glad that you said what you need to say. I want to be clear. I'm not I don't I don't do reform work. I, education reform like I get it and I'm I'm a partner to it and I'll help out and stuff. I'm about educate I'm about black liberation work. And what that looks like that when we start having that conversation 
conversation, then all these things are encompassed in it, right? But it, 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 it but Chris and Reef, what y'all were saying, it forces us to now start thinking about this thing in ways that we didn't think we could think about it before. I think that's the part that people are are, are, are like hearing, right? Like when Sharif and Chris and Ray are talking about this, we're actually trying to like set you up to think about what the world could actually look like. Not if we do reform, but if we actually start doing active liberation work. What does that mean? So what does it mean for there to be a network of independent so never, black schools? This shit never happened in Chicago. Never. What, what, what does it mean for us to have independent black schools though, right? Like what, what does it take for us to get there? And I didn't even peep that intersection that we had between education and, and social work. I actually think that that actually informs a lot of our show uh, because we've actually seen it the other way. And we've seen situations where it's like, nah, we need a different solution to this. So when Chris said something, when Reef said something, when Ray said something, it's in that context of like, no, 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 man, I'm not in this bubble. I'm not trapped in seeing this in only one way. I don't actually, what COVID has did, if you want to draw a silver line to anything, it's been really tough and a lot of people have died and I empathize, I empathize. And I want to say, but it's also given us a vision of that, what education can look like, how it can be different if it has to be. Like there is no kid in, no kid in Oakland should not be able to go to any type of class he wants. If I, if I enroll in school A, but, and I take a few classes there in the brick and mortar, but school B got some like other classes that I didn't have before, we know distance learning is a thing. So why shouldn't that kid be able to have access to it and then access to learning, right? Like the point is, is that sometimes you got to help people imagine what a new future looks like. We we can kind of start the iPhone conversation of what black education looks like. Nobody thought they need an iPhone until Steve Jobs put all that shit in one device. And people are like, that's overkill. Now people can't move 10 feet without they fucking device in their hand, right? So I just wanted to appreciate you, brothers, because this show is different. It feels different. It sounds different. And I think that it was something that the I love our group and I love our crowd, but it sounds like something that the four of us needed. It sounded like something that we needed to yeah. get off of our chest in this moment. Yeah. So I can shut up. Uh, I don't hey, need to so, say nothing else, but I just hey, wanted to hey, appreciate hey, y'all. We're about to close out, but I want to say this. The same fire that somebody had, and I, got, I just got a text message. I be getting text messages and shit. We be listening to the show because people be giving me insider information. The same uh, energy that y'all be having for Eva in these comments, y'all need to be self-reflective and looking at yourselves in the mirror because I just got told that somebody in these comments that's talking shit does the same thing at their school. So... I wasn't gonna say it, but now that you, and, and like, listen, I don't normally I don't do this. I don't normally do this, but I got time today. Some of the most ridiculous, oh, ridiculous social justice fist in the air. I'm gonna give it to the white girl running the school. Blah blah blah. Negroes, I done been in some of your schools, right? Some of your schools look like the Shawshank Redemption on steroids. So don't play with me. Do not play with me because I have inside information. I know I travel a lot. I've been to a lot of schools, black, white, brown, and otherwise. I support black schools, independent schools, people of color running and owning their own schools. But do not play with me when a school is cleaning your clock and it's ran by a white girl, and I visit your school, and your school then took the two out of the school to prison pipeline, just made it school prison, right? 
Your schools look like starter prisons. Some don't get me started. Some of your schools look like starter prisons, and you be the first ones to jump up in the mentions and in the comments talking about, oh my God, I would never. Yes, you would. Yes, you would, and I've seen it. I done been to your school. I done got seen your, it. Got your, fa- got your face all up in the videos. All up in the video, all up on the stage. Right? Right? Listen, don't, don't mess with me. Like, listen, some of y'all run beautiful schools schools and I will defend you day and night because I think black people, people of color, brown people, whatever you want for Charles, just Negroes, whatever, you know, whatever you want me to say you are. Like if you run schools, I am with you. I just want to be real about the fact that sometimes when I come to your school, like Ile Omade in Oakland, it's beautiful. It's the most beautiful thing I've ever seen in my life. I walk out feeling like, God damn, did I just leave Wakanda? Wouldn't happen up in here, right? Other times, I feel like I need to go home and <laughs> And, uh, and really just rethink life about who I'm supporting sometimes. Or, or and, and wait a minute, and, and please right. clarify, because you're not just talking about like a decrepit building that, that, that oh, all the studies show that black, black Sometimes they have they like brand new buildings sometimes. No, no, you're no. talking about like no. just the essence, the ecosystem mm-hmm. that's within yeah. the school and what they're accomplishing or not accomplishing at all. Sometimes yeah. the way that they're treating the children, just exactly. the way that they act and exactly. treating the no, children. I just wanted bring, to clarify, because yeah. it was, mm-hmm. you know, it's not just like, oh, it's an old building. Yeah, black people tend to end up, that's where they push you, right? Like into the- Sharif, bro, you know this is true. Some of our people are some real middle-class shit. Oh, some yeah. of our some of our people running schools are on some real old school middle class bullshit because they've been taught anti blackness by the best of them, and they say, you know what? Let That's me true. show you. Yo, you think oh, you know anti blackness, white man? Let me show you what really it looks like. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What what's that? Uh, I forgot his name because it's the fun. I've only watched two. Uh, well, yeah, two David Chappelle Jaws. One of them is Bigby. What's his name? Bigsby. Cold know his name. What's the blind <laughs> black man that think he KKK? Was that joy? That joy. I was like, yo, that's an educator right there. I was like, that's an educator. I've seen that man. I've seen that woman. Take it off mute. Say it again. What's his name? Ain't it Charles Bigsby? Don Bigsby? No, no, no. I'll find the name for you. Yeah, find that, that joy. That character. That's, that's a whole lot real of, person. It's that's real. a whole lot of educators in this country. <laughs> that's a whole lot of educators. Yo. Oh my God. Wait, yo, this is, Thank you, Ramon. See what yo, you did, Ray. See what you did, Ray. I, need, I needed this episode. Yo, Charles, yo, Charles called me out on my shit earlier. I came at him sideways on something that was really minor, and I needed him to check me, and he did. And yo, and this episode has been yeah, you my were you were real episode. corny for that since you brought it up online. Yeah, you were real corny for that. But good, it's all we, we worked that yeah, out. But, but, but Reese was fine. He was no, no, it was good. It's fine. We need we had a good conversation. I mean, and it was Clayton Bigsby is the name, bro. Not uh, <laughs> but 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 here yeah, here's I just the said thing, that, right? Ramon, Ramon put it in the chat. Yeah. I just, oh, he I, did. Okay, good, good. I um, I mean, listen, man. Again, this has been I think therapeutic, not just for the people listening, but for our group. I mean, it's a lot of shit happening, man, and we in a moment. This is a moment that's unprecedented for the most part, right? With this, when you add in all this technology and access that we got, it makes it unprecedented. It's never happened in the history of this planet, right? Like we are in a moment. So. I, look, I love Reef getting his shit off. I'm telling you, bro. Reef mm-hmm. cursing is wild. Chris, mm-hmm. Chris, you, Chris, you, you got evangelists, bro. Like, and just for the folks out there, Ilioma Day is not a charter school; it's a private school. It's a black uh-huh. private school in Oakland. That and they do what the fuck they want to do. If you go there, not just whatever they want to do, they do love. 
They do right. love of their people right. and of their children. And if you ever are in the city, go visit. I'm just like, I love school visits so much. We can argue all we want to argue. Just go. Just go see it. Because you'll walk away asking yourself dumb questions like, why can't we have more of this? Why is there only got to be one of these? Why can't there be a lot of these? Right, mm. right. So, I mean, so mm. I just I just think that, look, I mean, people been asking for the, the and part of this. And I will say you should thank our Patreon members, especially Miss Toya, who've asked for us to go over an hour and just said, look, That's don't true. don't worry about it. People <laughs> won't be there. We want to we want to stay there. And whoever listens, listens. And we still add a lot of people live right now. Right. So because <laughs> yeah, uh, to be real, like we used to be on Charles. Charles used to host the show and he used to be on some TFA stuff. He used to be like he used to be like, it's 59 minutes. It's 59 minutes. It's time to shut down. What's our next yeah. steps? Next you know steps. What <laughs> Chart and graph. <laughs> it's easier when I'm on the West Coast because I still got to edit this. But uh, but we'll I'll get the show out tonight or early in the morning. But I think that the point that we're making is this is a moment, and I think listen, man, if I don't tell you brothers enough because we don't talk as much as we used to, we giving people a little bit of the inside. This was really, really just helpful. And like, we are all on the same team, man. And we just come from different perspectives on this stuff. But at the end of the fucking day, make no mistake. We care about black kids, brown kids, poor kids getting the education they deserve. And the reason this podcast exists is because other people not saying the truth and they're not talking to you about the real. They're not going to have the courage that Chris had to say what he needs to say, even if it's unpopular. They're not going to be like Sharif was and be vulnerable in that moment and have that moment with you and they're not going to be what, what, what Ray is who is an actual superintendent over a charter network that's mm. actually serving kids and we this is a community we don't have to agree on everything community we don't but if we agree on the basics that black kids can learn all black kids can learn and they deserve better if we all agree there if you don't agree with that, get the fuck off the live. Don't listen to it. You ain't got to rock with it. It's okay. We got a lot of people that listen. Like, we'll miss you, but we won't miss you on that. But if you believe that all black kids deserve something better and that this system what's, what's, is not what, the limit, then we can rock. No, I just want to be very clear about who we are and what we believe. Because people get caught up in our petty, like, hey, so we disagree with, but... I just want to be very clear on that because everybody don't believe that, Ray. I just want to let's just be very clear. Everybody does not believe black kids can learn. That's when they start talking that shit. Well, we don't need to do the same type of curriculum or whatever the case is, or we don't need to hold the same standards. Hold standards for my fucking kid. Improve the curriculum because it shouldn't be so white focused. It should be talking about all of us. But I want my kid to get the best education possible and we can do better. Yeah. Yeah, well, I just want to say, hey, too, you can't disagree at the level at which we disagree with without love and respect. So so just for everybody watching, there is no winning. There is no winning without love and without respect. There's no winning. We can disagree. We can handle some disagreements because we do disagree. And I'm right most of the time. Right. Like and I, I actually like, do, I do a very good job of like putting up with these brothers being wrong all the time. But <laughs> but. As long as you have love in your heart and respect and you see the unsurpassable work that God has given everybody, you can win. And we will win. I don't care that they're wrong most of the time. We got all these people. We got all these people left, man. I'm, t- I'm getting my take four in. I'm getting my take four. Ray, take four. Let's go. Action. All right. So for those of you that are rocking with us, Oh, my bad, Ray. My bad, Ray. That's my fault. That's my fault. 
Start over, Ray. I was trying yeah. to give you the full screen. All right, cool. For those of you that are rocking with us on our Facebook page, I need for y'all to know that I put you got I put stuff and material in that Facebook page in order for y'all to have conversations amongst yourselves because I think that it's really important to the educational movement for people like y'all that follow us to be able to have things to talk about so that y'all can confidently advocate for black kids sometimes I put things in there that's like culture and culture awareness or whatever you know just to get the party rocking but at the end of the day the focus is on black kids and black education and as long as y'all know that and understand that and are respectful to each other in these comments I don't have a problem with it but when y'all start trying to be disrespectful to one another in these comments I'm banning your ass and I'm kicking you out of Facebook I'm telling you right now why you, why you got to be all so, like, you know, deficit thinking and shit? Yeah, like, what are you talking about? What I missed is, all what of is, that. Yeah, what is... I Everybody mean, in the... He, in he the, went all... He know, did you hear he went all... Give you some heat sometimes because of what you put. He went all zero tolerance. Let me tell you why. Look at him. I got your back. I got your back. You got to add some context. It's like the... He's like the teacher that comes in the room. One kid... Wait a minute. Hold up. One kid did something in the auditorium. Ray comes in the classroom and just start yelling at everybody. At everybody. And Nobody get lunch like, today. Nobody get lunch. So then what happens? When I was that kid, I'm like, oh, we going, you know what? Let's cut up. I don't know what he mad, but now I'm mad because you you mad. You busted for no reason. And little, little do you know, two hours ago, some kid dropped some raisins in the auditorium and Ray had to pick him up and was mad. Like, yo, what are you doing? Charles, context, please. I'm going to get context. <laughs> he got to get in context for your madness. Now he's calling the dean. He's calling the no, academic no, 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 dean. I, I, I got, he called Amy because, Cooper. Yo. Amy because, Cooper calling the because, dean in the school. Well, That's some murders. That's some murders. I've said I've had issues with some of the posts before, right? And and because I didn't want them to be divisive. I didn't want divisiveness for the sake of divisiveness. Like I I don't have a problem with smoke when it's warranted, but sometimes it's like what what I've seen Ray do and we've grown our pod, we've grown our Facebook page to like a lot. It's we're reaching like almost 200,000 like individual like folks on this Facebook page, right? And so sometimes there'll be like things that's in there and it will bring a different level of toxicity that has nothing to do with the larger vision of what this podcast is and has made some of us uncomfortable before and what Ray is saying is look I take responsibility for that and we thank you for building it up where it needs to be but it's also like I don't want any we don't want anybody to feel disrespected we don't want anybody to feel unless it's something that we really feel like right but we don't want other people disrespecting other people on behalf of a post that we made Uh, so what we're saying is is that if it does get disrespectful Respectful or whatnot, we're gonna try to warn you and let you know. But if it just persists, then we gotta let you out of there. And and I appreciate Ray for stepping up and taking that that piece because I've had some. I felt the way about something before. Chris has spoke something. I don't know if Reef has before, but you know we because that that eight black hands thing represents all four of us, right? But but Ray has clearly been the person leading a lot of that Facebook stuff. So I want to thank you for helping blow that up. But I also want to thank you for listening to those concerns because when something happens that doesn't reflect one of us, it's like, well, it puts us in a rock in a hard place. And it's like, well, I don't want us, I don't want our brand to be seen as that. You know what I'm saying? So y'all can always have a conversation and discussion and disagreement. You ain't got to like get along just for the sake of it. But we want to make sure people are respecting each other because we don't need to be disrespecting each other. Was that enough context? No, I don't know what you're doing. Somebody said yeah. something slick in the, in the thing. Everybody be, you know, 
it ain't just that reef. It ain't just that reef. I think you got a little bit deeper. And I think right. one, first, I want to make sure all four of us feel respected and seen and all that stuff. Right? But if you, take it, to the, if you take it to the line with Ray, it's okay. You know, if you want to be a habitual line stepper <laughs> towards Ray on Facebook, I'm all for it. Tag me I so I can just, see I, it because I, I might miss I, I, I don't want to miss said, it. All right. That's all I I'm saying. You just said you was, I thought you just said you was exhausted. I am. I'm emotionally exhausted, bro. I am ready to log out. I, I'm I'm like, I well, just, yeah. So what I want to say is this thank you. Thank you to Ray. all these people. First of all, thank you to Ray for all the work that you have been doing Bro, behind the did, scenes for a long time, for, for, for a long time, for everything that you, you have been doing. And you, you, you get provocative on purpose and you take the lumps on purpose. So I love the context that Charles has provided. Mm-hmm. Bottom line is all these people listening to us and sharing with us and being in the comments and being in the discussion and conversation was a dream to us a year ago. So thank you to everybody who's sticking with us. Here we are almost at the two hour, at the two hour point, never done this before, really. Be honest with you. This is the longest. Chris, this we is have like, more people now so, than what we've had at any point. That's so crazy. No, I don't understand it. That's, that's okay. Crazy. It's the purple lights, bro. It's the purple lights. I'm telling you right now. So your lights okay, it's, but my lights is a problem. This we, <laughs> your lights look like R. Kelly, right? Yo, I thought we said we're not gonna say that. That's true. <laughs> that's true. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to talk about the P-tape. So this is what I'm saying is I love all of our people, all of our people who are watching, who, because, you know, we talk about education and justice and those things, and that's not necessarily something that makes people stick around all the time. Like, we started this thing out talking almost exclusively about education for long periods of time, that this many people would be hanging around. Amazing, beautiful, love all y'all. But it is Father's Day. I do have some children upstairs who I'm deeply, deeply, deeply grateful to God for giving me and who, who I need to actually go up and make sure that I'm doing my work, that I'm making the money I'm supposed to make, that I'm like finishing everything I'm supposed to finish, and I got get this week started for them and for all of us the right yeah. way. So we gonna bless, end it. Let's end well, it out. Right I'm done. Yeah. Love and blessings to the people. Love and blessings to my co-hosts. Reef, do you want to take us out, Reef? Because Reef has some shit to get off his chest today. So, Reef, why don't you no, take us out? I mean, out? listen, and, and it's not that it's late. It is late on the East Coast, but it's really just emotional. Like, I do, I, do I, I feel like I'm very emotionally mature, and I manage my emotions well. Even when I'm, like, raging inside, like, I, I manage it, like, you know, because everybody else doesn't need to feel, like, you know, how I'm feeling. Um, so I, I appreciate today. I, I think, you know, Baldwin said it best. You're a black man in America. You're going to be in a constant state of rage. It's really how you how it manifests itself, you know, and a lot of what we're trying to do is manifest it in a way that helps and uplifts and not burns it down at the same time, which is hard sometimes. And so I I appreciate everything that we talked about, thinking about the therapy, thinking about, you know, uh, the school, think about the folks who are so woke, but they can't imagine what a real school looks like. You know, like those those folks are like you can't be anti everything thing and not for something. And I'm not just talking about theory because we got too many theorists out there. I, I It just gets on my nerves. Too many theorists. We need practitioners. We need more dope practitioners that are about these black kids in every sector, as y'all said, every institution that that exists. And so that's, um you know, that's that's all I got to say, man. I appreciate y'all. I love y'all. Thank you all for for listening. And, um you know, have a have a have a woke week. I don't want to yeah. woke week. Fuck that. I don't want to. Yeah, I, I don't want to woke. Like woke is a mistake, bro. 
At, <laughs> have a woke week. No, you know, however mm-mm. you define it. You ain't got to go with the with the mm-mm. with the t shirt definition. Have, have uh, me. I'm That's having a problem, woke week. bro. We do woke, yeah. bro. Yeah, we. Yeah, we over woke. I'm I'm over woke. Yeah, it's over woke. I'm about to go eat these sugar free brownies. Yo, everybody that's been tuning in with us, y'all have an amazing night. We'll check in with you throughout the week and then get ready for the night. No Patreon tonight. We gave y'all everything. We gave y'all everything. Love. Peace. I love you, brothers. Peace out, man. I love you, brothers. Y'all have a good one. And he didn't push in broadcast, so I'm gonna push it now. I love y'all. <laughs> the sugar brownies, sugar free brownies was He's calling. Fired. You know what I mean? I'm sugar gonna push in broadcast. You right have now. been listening to the Eight Black Hands podcast with Ankrum, Cole, El Mecky, and Stewart. If you like what you heard, follow us on Twitter. Our handle is at Eight Black Hands One. Thank you for listening. <laughs>